It is Friday, August 12. You are listening to the Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sports Radio. And a very good morning to you if you were just tuning in and uh, tributes this morning for Paul Green after just the devastating news yesterday, which has uh, rocked the rugby league community no end, uh, that he had died just a month before his 50th birthday. And his family released a statement yesterday requesting time and space as they come to terms with the loss that they just can't find the words that would even come close to expressing their feelings. He leaves behind his wife, Amanda, and his kids, a daughter, Emerson, a son, Jed, whose birthday was just a couple of days ago as well. And uh, he was found at his Brisbane home. It was confirmed that Green took his own life, and we encourage everyone who is just struggling to talk to someone and call Lifeline. 131114 14. Lifeline 131114 and uh, Wayne Bennett yesterday said that he was pretty confident that Greener would accept an offer to be on his staff at the Dolphins as well so just uh, and Loz uh, you just can't find the words to describe the devastation uh, to his family and his friends uh, his friends a lot that we heard from around the media yesterday some just obviously couldn't find the words to get together and and speak, but uh, yeah, just the most devastating news. I I can't get my head around it. I don't think anyone can, Mido. Um And it was shattering news yesterday, and it rocked the game. And um, you know, we didn't see this coming. And Paul Green was a big figure in the game. You know, he's a premiership winning coach. He's played state of origin football. He had so much to give. He was only forty nine years of age, and I think you just shattered for the family. Um, you know, everyone, I'm sure, yesterday would have sat there and thought about the wonderful memories of Paul Green, um, but at the same time thinking about why. Why, yeah. Um, and no one has that answer. Um, but, you know, we, we, as we said this morning on, on this program, if you, if you are struggling, you, you need to talk to someone. There's plenty of people out there that will help and... Um, yeah, it's just shattering news and I think everyone in the rugby league community is feeling it and it's just a sad, sad day. And Blocker, he'll forever be etched in history for leading the Cowboys as coach to their first ever premiership in that famous grand final in 2015. Yeah, if there's something to look forward to for the family, like you'll be immortalised up there at the Cowboys, first ever coach, that'll that'll never happen again. And uh, You know, I just echo your, you guys, you know, there's always someone there willing to listen, you know, whether it's your best mate or your wife or your, or your dad or whatever, you know, if you, if you are struggling, you've, you've got to open up and you've got to go and let people know that you're struggling. So, uh, you know, tragic news yesterday. I'm still trying to uh, come to terms with it. I'm sure, uh, you know, if you'd imagine just uh, even us guys coming to terms, imagine the family. Mm. So, oh, you, you feel know, for the family. You feel for the oh. family and hopefully, um, hopefully everyone can get around them. From the Sydney Morning Herald, Adam Pengilly, good morning. Morning, Jared. Morning, Loz. Morning, Block. Uh, now, in your times across the game, have you come into contact with Paul Green at all? Yeah, I wouldn't say I knew him really well, Jared, but obviously I've come across paths uh, over the course of the years, and w- what a tragic loss it was yesterday. I'm still stunned and coming to terms with the news that came through yesterday. When I first saw it, I, was, I just couldn't quite believe it. Just quite quite remarkable and so sad. He feels desperately sorry for his family, his kids in particular. Um, and I just want to echo the sentiments you guys spoke about a little bit earlier this morning. If you need to speak to someone, please speak up. Put your hand up and speak. It's I saw Gus Walland on the half-time on the coverage from Channel 9 last night. He was so passionate about 
uh, spreading his message about mental fitness and, and saying this is a tipping point for Australia as a country. We need to speak up. And um, just listening to you guys this morning about some of your recollections of Greenie, obviously that iconic vision, Jared, of him banging on the glass after they won that grand final in 2015. It was, it was just so great to watch. But I, like you, Jared, I always remember the 2017 run, run to the grand final mm. because they, they shouldn't have even made the finals that year. Uh, the Dragons botched it on the last That's day of the right. season against the Bulldogs. Mm. I think the Cowboys boys were preparing for Mad Monday, weren't they? They were getting ready to go to Mad Monday because I thought they were out. <laughs> and then, obviously, the Dragons couldn't beat the Bulldogs and they went on that fairy tale run to the grand final and uh, Michael Morgan and Jason Taumalolo were just out of, that, out of this world for, the, for that month of football. And, I remember going up to Townsville for the week to cover the Cowboys for a few days up there before the grand final, and it was just such a great vibe and a great place to be around. You just see what a great coach he was and how much the players respected him and, and, and the work he'd done for that club. And the Cowboys had always been a team that had sort of been threatening to to be a, a genuine sort of premiership force. And I think when Paul Green arrived in Townsville, that was their real arrival, wasn't it, really? For that four or five years when he was up there, that was such a extraordinary team. And I know the circumstances that finished him weren't great the last couple of years, but he'll ever, forever be... Remembers the guy that led them to their first premiership and, and probably arguably outside of JT, probably one of the most influential people in, in the franchise's history. Mate, what did you make uh, of last night's game, uh, Melbourne uh, and Penrith? Yeah, Melbourne were great, weren't they, Blocky? Uh, they were fantastic. I, listen, these two teams have played each other twice this year and I don't think we've learned anything at all virtually. They had that game in Magic Round where Melbourne had a lot of guys out and they were severely under strength and Penrith, Penrith taught them a lesson. And again last night, I know that Melbourne still had a couple of guys out in we're not going to see Puppenhausen for the rest of the year, but Penrith were, were clearly uh, worse affected by injuries and suspension. And I thought Penrith had their chance in the second half, didn't they? Had plenty of ball down Melbourne's end, but just like that cutting edge, didn't they, with, with the, without Cleary and, and Luai and the halves there. And to me, Loz in particular, I thought they tried to go around Melbourne too much there yesterday and just tried to get it, tried to beat them on the edges, and that just played into Melbourne's sliding defence. So I don't think we can use that game as a great form reference towards the finals, even though we're only three or four weeks out from the finals. There's just too many players out for Penrith. And uh, no doubt when they get a lot of their big guns back, they'll be much better come the finals. I thought James Fisher-Harris was a huge loss for them as well there yesterday. Just goes to show uh, how important he is for their, their setup. Without him, I thought that lacks, lacks maybe just a little bit of punch through the middle too. Yeah, and also Dylan Edwards. I think the late withdrawal of Dylan Edwards mm. uh, affected them. But I, I think you're right there. I, I think if they don't suffer too many injuries, Penrith, along the way between now and the grand final or semi-finals, mm. I think they will be okay. It might be one of those seasons this year, Loz, that the, the healthiest team on the day... You know, you've got to get there. Yeah, you've got to be healthy before. once you get there. Yeah, we've seen it before. And I mentioned this on the Matty John show last night. Um, in, in 1993, the Raiders were travelling so well throughout the season. We were humming. We'd just beaten mm-hmm. Parramatta 60-odd four or whatever it was. Week before the semi-final, Ricky Stewart broke his ankle. Mm. Out for the rest of the year, we bounced straight out of the semi-finals. We lost both of our semis and we were out. And we thought we had the best opportunity to win a grand final. Mm. But unfortunately, injuries just played a part. And it it can happen at the wrong moment. Mm. So for me, that's the only thing I can see stopping Penrith. If they're fit and healthy, healthy, I I think they win. Now, Adam, I, I keep reading and hearing that Des is under pressure at Manly, but he's still got next year to go, hasn't he? He does. Yeah. He does, Was, But what, what, so why, he, obviously there was a, a trigger in his contract if he made the finals, he'd get an extension, but surely if he produces next year, everything's rosy? Or is he seriously under pressure because they think he wields too much control there? Oh, there's probably a, a little bit of that at play, Loz, but I just, 
I just can't get my head around this. I, I really can't. Like, I think Des has done a, a pretty good job since he came back to Manly a few years ago. We know how good they were last year when Tommy was on the park for the whole season. They were, were 80 minutes away from a grand final. And yes, this year they probably haven't quite reached the stand they wanted to reach. And no doubt Tom's injury uh, just before the start of the State of, State of Origin series being ruled out for the rest of the years had a massive impact. And I don't want to bring it up again, but that, that rainbow jersey debacle a couple of weeks ago was, I think has pretty much cruelled their season. I know there's still a mathematical chance of making the finals if they beat the Titans on the weekend. They're, they're still in the fight. But I, I just I can't understand him being under as much pressure as what, what the talk is up there in the Northern Beaches. I, I think Des has done a, a pretty good job. He deserves another chance. And, and obviously next year, he's still under contract next year. But he's got one of those contracts laws where all these different triggers are in place, where if he makes the finals, he gets an extra year on top of that. And this year, obviously, at, at, at this stage, looks like he won't make the finals. But who... I know there's a few coaches on the market, but Des is just synonymous with Manly, isn't he? He's well-respected by the playing group up there. Um, I would have thought he was still going to be there beyond 2023. Could you imagine doing a contract negotiation with uh, with Des Haslam? <laughs> <laughs> a wild block. Wait. Oh, wouldn't be straightforward, would it? I, I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> no. There'd be no sign here. <laughs> uh, ben Hunt, what's the latest with his... Well, looming deal at the Dragons. Yeah, well, the Dragons are, uh, really want to press this forward, Jared, and try, and try to get it done in the next few weeks, obviously. He, he's a guy who, let's be honest, he's almost carried that team the last couple of years, hasn't he? He's been clearly their best player. And without him this year, they, I know they're pretty much almost out of the final spot at the moment. Without him, they wouldn't even be close to it uh, this year. So uh, Ryan Webb's got a chance to try and nail down that deal in the next few weeks. But there's going to be repercussions, uh, whichever way it goes, because they're going to lose probably one of the young, talented playmakers, Jaden Sullivan, if Ben Hunt does re-sign at the Dragons for another couple of years. And you can't blame the club for wanting to re-sign him. But Jaden Sullivan's been touted as one of these really promising prospects for a number of years. And now he's had a lot of injuries. He's battled hamstring problems. Hasn't quite probably got the time in the NRL that he's wanted. And I found, I don't know if you guys heard Ben Hunt's comments yesterday saying that Obviously, he wants to stay at the club, but he also gave a very strong indication that he wants Anthony Griffin to be the coach, and that's going to sway his decision. So, with a lot of talk about the future of Anthony Griffin at the moment, if the Dragons sort of bomb out really badly in these last months of the season and say they don't win another game, which I don't think they will, I think they could probably win a couple of games before the end of the season, then there's going to be a really a lot of pressure on Anthony Griffin to try and maintain his job for next year, and that potentially could have implications for Ben Cunt's contract situation. So... We'll wait and see how this plays out, but no doubt it's going to be a very fascinating few weeks down there at Cogra and, and Wollongong for the Dragons. Find us a winner tomorrow, please. Yeah, trying to find a couple, Jared. Race four, number five, Catalan is my best bet on the program. I'm a little bit surprised she's not favourite. She's a she's a gun fresh mare. We know that in the past. Uh, she got, she's got class on her side. She was great in her only start last preparation in a listed race behind in the boat. I know Conscript's uh, come up favourite in this race. I think the market might switch around close to the jump time, so... I think from the one trial, got off and got it ready to go. So that's race four, number five. Catalan is the best on the program. And the best value is race six, number two, no compromise. Uh, going against a little bit uh, against Ali uh, earlier this morning. Uh, this horse, obviously, his best form's over further. But first up, last preparation, he was great in the Carrington Stakes over 1,400 metres. I've loved his little soft trial here with National Wheeler on board. I think he ran a really cheeky race fresh at double-figure price. So that's race four, number five. Catalan, the best on the program. And race six, number two, no compromise, the best value there at Rose Hill. Okay, 3.30 for Catalan, $13, no compromise. Mate, you have a good day and a good weekend. Enjoy the weekend, boys, and we'll, uh, we'll chat on Monday. Deliciously flaky pastry on top, a bottom which is rolled extra thin, a filling of 100% lean Aussie beef. Talking about Garlo's pies, the only pies you should be putting on your plate. Garlo's pies are simply bursting with flavour, and there's heaps of flavours to choose from. And here's a thought, take a night off from cooking, grab a Garlo's family pie for the whole crew. They're available in all Coles and Woolworth stores. Remember, we are located in the chilled meals section. If you can't find us, ask for Garlo's Pies by name. Garlo's Pies, they're thin on pastry, 
they're big on meat. You know when they say it's a family pie, <laughs> how many is that for? <laughs> like if you're in my family, when the boys were growing up, Kath had cooked three baked chickens on a, on a Sunday when we had the baked dinner. Yeah. Right? So if it's a family pie, how many does that feed? Uh, depending on the family, uh, well, I reckon... Well, you get ripped off. You've got six in the family and you've got to chop up the family pie yeah. into six pieces. It's not enough. Yeah, that's a good point. If it's dinner, that. it's not enough. So you get the extra large pie, the large pie, the medium pie, oh, have you? and the small pie. Oh, you've got gold, silver and bronze. <laughs> well... Have you? There's an opportunity. Opportunity. It's knocking. (laughs) And just Sean from Penrith on the text line. Morning all. Extremely sad to hear about Paul Green yesterday. Goes to show the fragility of people in the public life. They're human and have problems as well. To every person struggling with things in their own lives, please talk to someone about it. Plenty of help is available. RIP Greeny will be a loss to the game. Sean from Penrith texts. And joining us now, he's the Broncos' assistant coach and, of course, sat next to Paul Green in the coach's box famously when assistant at North Queensland in that 2015 grand final. John Cartwright joining us. John, good morning. Morning, boys. Uh, condolences, of course. Uh, take us through your emotions in the last 24 hours. Yeah, like everyone else, mate, it was... Uh, yeah, when I first heard, it was like, you yeah, know, that, that can't be right. Um, and as, as the day... Sort of unfolded, and you spoke to more people. It's you're still in that, you know, a, a night's sleep hasn't hasn't sort of made it any easier to digest. It just doesn't make any sense that a, you know, from the outside, a fellow that seemed to have everything and was very articulate, uh, uh, very smart, uh, had, a, had a wonderful family. You just, you, you know, you just can't. I can't come up with any answers to be honest with you. When was the last time you spoke to him, John? Mate, it would have been. Probably six weeks ago. We we kept in touch, especially uh, during the footy season. We kept. I used to love talking to Bernie about uh, rugby league stuff. He, he had a, a really good head for it. Um, probably been about six weeks though since since we last spoke. Um, but he, yeah, he seemed in a good place. Uh, he he loved talking about his rugby league. I think that would have been a big hole in his life, uh, not having that on a, on a day to day basis. Uh, but yeah, like. You know, like we keep hearing, you know, he he, he just he seemed fine. He seemed on top of everything, uh, and I think he's the position that he held in the game with what he's done, I, I, an opportunity would have come up, uh, no doubt. I think he was sort of just sitting back and, and going to take the right opportunity. But yeah, obviously it was it was playing on his mind. Great to talk to you, Cardi, but obviously not in these circumstances. But what what made him such a good coach in your mind? Mate, he knew how to deal with men. Like he, you know, sometimes you, you walk into a room and, and if the fellow's not of a big stature, you think uh, he was. He, the, the, he, he could just command the room, and he, and he knew how he knew how to treat men, um, and he, he knew how to handle men of, of all um, you know different egos, different different levels of where they sat within the group. You know, he, that was the thing that, that struck me about it uh, initially, and then. With his footy knowledge too, he, he was—he he thought outside the square a bit. Um, he, he was really open to advice. He, you know, he didn't always take it, but he was—he was really open to advice. Uh, but once he, he set his mind on a on a on a, uh, a way you wanted to play, or you know, uh, with with his with his uh, with his halves, his fullback, his hookers. Once once they sort of sat down in a room, and he was he could tell a story really clearly. Uh, they, they all bought into it. You know, he. he he was just a 
he's been around, you know, a fair while uh, as a player and as a coach, and, and, and you know, he'd achieved a lot. But he was, and he knew when to switch off. You know, he knew when to enjoy his time with his players. He, he, he was a very talented fella. You know, he, he, he when on his days off, he learned to become a, a helicopter pilot. He could play, pick up an instrument, and play it at the drop of a hat. He was just a um, a really well-rounded, intelligent fella. Mate, the Cowboys win the premiership in 2015. You were you were there. Can you imagine? Can you remember Grand Final day and his final words to the team as they run out? Because uh, apparently uh, he was the sort of guy that come up with something special. Oh, you got me there, Block. Uh, I, I can't remember. I, I remember uh, that those final sort of five minutes of the game and. Yeah, he, he was. We, we were down and probably out. I, I watched it yesterday. Actually, like we scored in the 80th on the 79 minute, 59 seconds. You know, right, right up yeah. until that moment, he was positive that we were going to get out of it. Uh, whether you know whether that was wishful thinking or he, or you could just see it unfolding. Um, I, I remember in in the box with about 20 minutes to go, and he he kept saying the Broncos they've stopped playing, they've stopped playing, they've stopped playing. And when I watched it yesterday. He was right, you know. They they got to tackle five and just kicked it out every opportunity they had. They were running out of petrol, and I think that was something that he that he could sense that, um, you know, they were, they were looking at the clock. They were winding it down every chance they had, and you know, we had blokes who could who who loved that sort of footy. You know, they, they just they just wanted to play footy right to the death, and and in the end they got the try in the 80th minute, and uh, you know, it was fate in the end. John I kicked the field goal and. That emotion you saw, you know, that was that for, for Greeny and a lot of the boys that have been there a while. That was that was a build up of, of uh, you know a lot of years hard work, and you, you 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 want to win a grand final like that, but you certainly don't want to go through it that way. When you got a great player like Jonathan Thurston in the in the side, the relationship between those those guys with Paul being a halfback and and played a little bit of hooker, um, the understanding of the position between those two guys, they, they would have had plenty of great conversations, I would imagine. Oh, I'm no doubt, mate. They didn't. They didn't always see eye to eye, but they, you know, they, they an enormous amount of mutual respect. And you know, I, I saw a little bit on on Jono last night how he's, he's devastated from from you know what's happened, and I can understand that. But they were. I, I think you know. I think Jono's game went another level when when Granny went up there to coach. I think he he started. He he became a halfback who who just didn't sort of wait for the moment. He became a halfback who who controlled pretty much. Everything on the field from around the middle of the field, he, he turned him into a genuine halfback, and I think that's when Jono was at his best. Tell us about, I guess, Cardi, the Paul Green that you knew that we didn't see. Uh, it was for me. I, I got up there pretty late. He, he, he actually helped me out in a in, in a, you know an area of time that I wasn't going through the best time. I just finished at the Titans and. It's not a good feeling getting the sack as a coach. You you, you feel like the world's caving in, and he, he called me pretty much straight away. And I, I didn't know Greeny all that well. We we knew each other from uh, you know probably friends of friends. And he rang me and asked me, you know, he said, "Don't make a decision now, but you know, I've got a spot up here next year. Would you like to come?" And, I, and at that stage, I said, "Look, mate, I'm, I'm really not in the frame of mind at the moment. Uh, I probably wouldn't be much help to you." Uh, and he said, "Look, understand, I'll, I'll give you." Have your off season, enjoy your summer. I'll give you a call in January, and pretty much straight away in January, he gave me that call, and and I was still sort of up in the air a bit, but uh, I just loved the way he spoke and, and his plans for the place, and they, I thought they did have a roster that could do something. So, you know, packed the bag in the car and off I went to to Townsville, and 
you know, he, him and his family took me in. Uh, I got to know, you know, his wife, Amanda, and the kids. Uh, they were only young at that stage really well. His mother and father came along to a lot of games. Um, you know, his brother, his sister. So I, I, he just basically took me in. He knew I was up there. Um, I'd sort of just up and packed and moved in a, in a split second and took me in as a mate. I got to know him as a friend. Uh, played golf. We, we exercised. Uh, and just a, a really good honest, loyal mate, you know, it's one, it's one that every bloke needs. Cody, can I ask in a footy club how important it is to re- keep reinforcing the message that if, you know, in particular young men, or it doesn't discriminate in age groups, but, you know, coaching staff, administration, players, you know, the ability to communicate, and if you are going through a tough time, um, reach out and, and, and ask someone for help. Do, do we do enough work on that in a footy club environment? I don't think we do in general, mate. I think at school, it probably should start at school. That's where we learn a lot of our lessons. But definitely, mate, in a footy club where it's, you know, they basically are big, tough men. A lot of them get picked on that basis. Uh, And it's a shame that things like this um, put a highlight on it, you know. It's, you know, like I said to you earlier, you know, from the outside, you would have thought... uh, Greeny had everything. Like, what, what more could you want? He was successful in everything that he did. Had a trophy full, a uh, cabinet full of trophies, and a lovely family. And you know, yeah, I, I reckon there'd be a lot of people around now who, who, you know, had had contact with him recently, wondering, you know, did they miss something, or was there a sign there, or should I have done this? It's it's, it's something you know. I've, I've sort of asked myself as well. It's it's, but it's got us. It's you're dead right, mate. It's it's a it's a huge problem out there, and and we've got to stop. Um, having events like this make us, you know, more aware of it. Cardi, really appreciate your words and your time this morning and uh, good luck and enjoy the rest of the season there with the Broncos. Anytime, boys. Thank you. Nick Kyrgios and Alex Demon or not on court yet. So uh, the market still has Kyrgios $1.40 with tab. Alex Demon or $2.80. That match looming uh, this morning in the round of 16. In the ATP event in Montreal, last night 16-0, the Melbourne Storm over the Penrith Panthers. And tonight, this this game tonight at 6 o'clock actually, the Warriors and the Bulldogs, obviously the main event tonight's the Parramatta Souths game. But Block, you've done a few Warriors games at Mount Smart Stadium. I'm exclusive to the Warriors. Now, are you aware of this bloke doing shoeys? Yes, I've seen him. In I've front seen him of Stacey television. Jones yeah. on the TV. Yeah. So captured by the TV cameras. Now, there's, there's a story about him in the Herald today mm. saying that, well, he's a 31-year-old Auckland brickie. Yep. And he's now had shoe companies reach out with sponsorship opportunities. Oh, oh. There it is. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I don't know. Do you know what that bloke's name is? I'd like to know what his name yes, is. If you, you know what him? it is. No, 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 no. Opportunity. No, Opportunity. I, I want to take him to task. Why? Because when he first started the shoeys in front of the in front of the coach's box, right, he had Crocs on. Oh, Crocs. They got holes in it. It went all over him. So his name is... Callie Gibbons. Callie Gibbons. So, yeah, so apparently he, I think his dad has the box, been a Warriors fan forever, and has the box that just sits in front of the coach's box. Mm. So he just predicts whenever the, the camera is going to be on Stacey Jones yeah. and just gets takes the shoe off, 
puts the tinny in it or whatever. So who's the, cup the sponsorship in it. after him? Who, who are the companies? Oh, well, I'm not sure. Nike. <laughs> I, I don't know the caliber of shoe. Uh, you know what? Though, by Christian Nicolucci in the he's Herald. Changed you know, the Crocs anyway. Uh, well. well, he's changed his boots. But you know what, mm. Mido? I'm tipping. He doesn't anticipate, and then quickly. Fills Pause. the shoe up. Oh, do you think it's filled up? I before? reckon he's got it there, ready to roll. Ready to roll. And then, as soon as he notices or yeah. thinks they're coming to the coach, he watches the big screen. He doesn't watch the game. He's looking at himself on the yeah, big screen. He would look, and as soon as it happens, yeah. he goes bang, straight down the gullet. Yeah. Okay, I th- yeah, because, and uh, because you know they're expecting a lot of points in the game tonight. He goes, I'll make it to full time in this article, but they might have to carry me out on a stretcher. <laughs> I did about five shoeys when we played against Melbourne. It's all a bit of fun. And he uh, goes on to say, you know, he's been sitting beneath the coach's box since 2006. He might be. Wouldn't be full strength. Wouldn't be. Well, no, he'd be kicked out by security. <laughs> sure. Which brings us to a little bit of a segment, I think, when we're talking about alcohol. Mm. We need I to reckon, be careful talking about well, it. Well, I, I want to hear. I want to hear from our from our listeners to write in some of the furfies that they've told the missus when they've been out on the drink. Oz, oh. I've just. You wouldn't believe it, darling. <laughs> now, where are you? You wouldn't believe it, darling. I've just run into Wayne Tubman. I haven't seen him for right. Opportunity for 20 years. You, you know, me and Tubbo were great mates. Oh, oh, oh. I speak I about Tubbo all the time. Mate, I'll put him on. <laughs> they go, no, no, no. You're sitting at home, Sober. You, you talk to this bloke. Or, or what about when you've been on the drink in a cab, you're coming home, sharing a cab with your mate, you know you're in trouble. We'll just have one on the way? Yeah. No, mate, look, come in with me. Come oh, in yeah. with me oh, just yeah, to have one. Yeah. Just to have one. Yeah. They think, oh, you're being they nice. Blow up. All you're thinking about is trying to save yourself. Yes, 100%. Because <laughs> if I bring my mate in, she can't be blowing up at me. <laughs> and then I'll just go to bed when he leaves. But I reckon there would be some wives out there that wouldn't care about who you brought in. They'd still blow up. Yes. You reckon? No, for sure. Dollar one. So what else? What's, what your, else what's your best block? You just do the phone call and just. Oh, no, no. Well, I don't. I don't. Mate of mine uses Tim Sims. Yeah. <laughs> of Muriel's wedding. He goes, "Oh, Tim Sims' birthday." Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just caught up here with yeah. um, a couple of me footy mates. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Ali Mosley. Before we had a listener ask about top ranked, and it's a few weeks off trialing. G'day, Mossy. Morning, Mido. How you going? Yeah, not too bad. Hey, uh, go for it. When you when you do go, I was just listening to that Jibber Fest, which mm. was very very amusing. But when you go out, what time do you say you're going to be home? I I don't because I've learnt very early. If you put a time on it and you're one minute late, there's questions. So not even half past works. Uh, no, I say I'll be home later tonight. Or, or later I, today. Or I late. won't be that late. Oh, Blocker's in the chair. I yes. am. Hey, Block, how are you, mate? I... Well, I'm, I'm doing all right for a battle on the front rower. <laughs> now, Mossy, what's your go-to? Well, my go-to... Penny won't be listening, uh, so tell us the real one. What, what's your go-to? She's walking to work, and I reckon she might have the headphones on. But, uh, yeah, no, half past. Half past. Half past. Half past. Yep. Clarky uses half past. Yeah, no, quarter past. Oh, he's quarter past, yeah. is he? And, I, and I'll give you the tip. If I if I use your technique of bringing my mate in with me, yep. I, I feel for the mate. <laughs> <laughs> what, he's mummy, just going to cop it. What, mummy's a bit hard, is she? <laughs> oh, he'll cop it. She's Greek. Oh. <laughs> Greek blood running through her veins. There's no grey area. <laughs>
Um, Mossy, uh, I'm guessing a you know a pretty good move for Matt Ryan, the Socceroos captain and goalkeeper. He's gone for Real Sociedad to FC Copenhagen on a two-year deal just to get game time. Yeah, that's right, Mido. We, we touched on it the other morning, not on Matty's uh, transfer specifically, but the Socceroos are now on the move um, to make sure they're playing games, and that's great news uh, heading into a World Cup. And look, that move to Copenhagen, I think, is great because Andrew Clark is there, the uh, the ex uh, conditioning coach for the Socceroos. Uh, worked with Clark at the the Mariners and Sydney FC, and then he went to the Socceroos with Arnie, and he's he's top shelf. And um, you know that that'll be great for for Maddie to have a familiar face there, but. You know, he's a pretty well-travelled uh, European footballer now, Matty, having spent time in the Premier League, La Liga, um, and now over there to Copenhagen. So I think that's a fantastic move, and there's others others on the move as well. We saw Martin Boyle go back to Hibs and, and score a dramatic late, late equaliser in the um, the derby against Hearts the other night, um, the day after he flew in. So you know that'll give him a massive boost coming back from the Middle East and um, back where he... Knows the football, the intensity is good, and um, I think there's some good signs there. Now, there's been a change to the opening fixture at the World Cup, which is barely 100 days away. It's now going to be Qatar against Ecuador on November 20, a day earlier than originally scheduled. It was to be Senegal up against the Netherlands. But I mean, changing this so close to the World Cup, I mean, doesn't the host nation always open pretty much anyway? Yeah, that's right. What, what were they doing? Uh, yeah, not, not sure, to be honest. Um, and... You know, I think the one thing that we've learnt over the last couple of years is uh, everything is subject to change. So, uh, look, I don't think it'll have too much impact, but, uh, yeah, not sure what the reasons are behind it. But as long as it doesn't um, impact negatively the, the Socceroos' uh, preparations, then um, I'm sure no one on this side of the world worries too much about that. Uh, Manchester United, uh, always in the news at the moment, mainly negatively. And now Marcus Rashford's been linked to PSG. I guess he hasn't set the world on fire in recent months, has he? No, he hasn't. And it's, it's again, I think he's in some ways a, a victim of um, circumstances of what's going on at United. Because Rashford, uh, you, you may remember, um, had a fantastic um, pre-season, had a decent tournament Euros uh, a couple of seasons ago and just hasn't been able to find that form at club level. But again, the, the environment at United at the moment is just... Um, and look, this is no slight on Ten Hag yet. He's got a massive rebuilding job, but he is under huge pressure. And there's other ex-players coming out. Paul Lynch, who's now in charge of Reading, which I found interesting, actually. A coach uh, from another... Although he's an ex-player, but he's coaching at the moment, um, was critical of Ten Hag's pulling power. Um, and he's he's talking about the likes of you know a target like Marco Anatovic um, is sort of the last um, last resort. Now that that looks like it's fallen over because of fan backlash. Um, but Frankie De Jong, um, you know, a midfielder from Barcelona, um, Paul Lynch came out and said if if Sir Alex Ferguson was in charge, he'd already be there playing in a uh, in a red shirt. Um, there's also Adrian Rabiot um, from from Juve. Um, and they do need reinforcements in the middle of the park because we saw last week that they uh, they still all at sea. Not good enough for a club like Manchester United, but apparently a transfer fee has been agreed for Rabio. Whether he turns up or not, um, time will tell. Before I get your multi for the weekend, Mossy, what are some of the big games in the EPL this weekend? Well, there's obviously the London derby, um, Spurs and Chelsea um, at Spurs. So that, that should be a ripper. Um, Chelsea went away and, and won 1-0 uh, at Everton. Last week, it was a penalty that got them over the line. 
Um, Spurs were irrepressible in a 4-1 win against Southampton and uh, Mido called them out. So pre-season is one of the, the teams to really watch well-backed this season under Antonio Conte. So that's the that's the marquee game, if you like, Was, But um, I'll, I'll go through my multi now because that sort of highlights the game that I'll be really interested in. And I've got Villa. Uh, Mido, you ready? Yeah, got it. Ready to rock. Here we go. Villa to beat Everton. Uh, Villa lost last week 2-0 to Bournemouth, so I'm expecting them to bounce back uh, this week against Everton at home into Arsenal to beat Leicester, into Spurs to win the big London derby, and uh, I've just thrown Liverpool in there to get uh, bounce back from that 2-2 draw to Fulham last week to beat Crystal Palace at home. I think it's paying over the $10 mark. And that's, uh, yeah, the Liverpool game's not until Tuesday morning, uh, 5am that game, our time. So Aston Villa, Arsenal, Tottenham, Liverpool, the four-legger are $10.03, if you don't mind, Mossy. There you go. Do your multiplier and give it a bit of fat. Absolutely. Now, just a quick one, a call out to the Matildas under 20 girls. They won their first Women's World Cup under 20 World Cup game against Costa Rica. They were 1-0 down. And then goals to Sarah Hunty, Briley Henry and Kirsty Fenton got them over the line. So that's a massive result against Costa Rica in Costa Rica. So they've beaten the host nation in their uh, Women's World Cup opener. Oh, great stuff. Mossy, you go, go and have a good weekend. Thanks so much. Good on you guys. Take care. Just before we get to Brad Davidson, Loz, just the Sticky Wings Big Sports Breakfast Multi is popular this morning. Give it to us. So we're going race six, number eight, Titanium Power to run top two. And then race seven, Rose Hill, number five, Lovely Esteem to run top two. And if you want to be a part of the Sticky Wings BSB Multi, that's paying $6. Question, boys. What times does Sticky Wings get in on Lee Marvin? <laughs> eh? We Do haven't they, had them for a while. We haven't had them for a while. Have you... Oh, tried them. Oh, yeah. How good are they? Finger licking good. Oh, yeah. They're very nice. They are very nice. And every time they come here, we go, oh, we're not having any this morning. And then they put them in front of us. Yeah. They're hard to say no to. It's impossible to say no You know what gets me? The smell. Yep. When you heat them up and that. Smell gets me all the time. (laughs) Brad. Everything. (laughs) Brad Davidson, good morning to you. Morning, guys. How are we? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks. Yeah, this story, Noel Callow. The jockey being hit with uh, charges related to betting on races. What are the details here? Yeah, that was the news yesterday, guys. Uh, seven charges in relation to char- uh, to wagering on thoroughbred racing and failing to declare betting accounts. So those charges relate uh, from, obviously, uh, laid down by Racing Victoria from 2013 to 2019. So uh, they're not in relation to races that Noel's ridden in, um, directly ridden in or anything like that. So... Yeah, we'll we'll find out more of those, um, I guess, in the, in the coming weeks. But uh, Noel's up there on the on the Gold Coast in Queensland riding these days. But these charges relate back to when he was riding in, in Victoria. So uh, I think the charges issued uh, will be heard before the Victorian Racing Tribunal on a date to be fixed. So we'll we'll wait and see till we hear more. But that was the news out of Victoria yesterday. And what's the penalty for those sort of things? What what? Has there been any precedent sent? Yeah, generally, Voco, it's, it's a suspension of, of some uh, kind there, um, depending on, you know, if, if obviously found guilty and, and those sorts of things. Um, but generally, in the past, we've seen jockeys that, that are in a similar situation, situation cop um, uh, bans from the from being able to, to race ride for, for some time. So um, we'll see how it pans out. But, yeah, we'll, uh, I guess uh, we'll let that all happen before the tribunal. 
Uh, someone's extremely confident about Shades of Rose winning tomorrow, Dave. Davo, a forty thousand wager on her. Yes, lies at two dollars twenty um, with tab fixed, I believe. So. Mm. Uh, there's been a couple of little deductions there. I think ten cents worth of deductions, but uh, that punter is shopping better than the current price of a dollar sixty-five there in the last the moment. So I'm assuming that big firm ups a lot to do with that that early money and um, the fact that uh, they've yeah they've uh, taken a wager of, of that degree. So um, it's been heavily supported. Obviously a dominant last out winner there at at Rose Hill at the at the same distance. Drawn a little bit wider there uh, tomorrow, but does look extremely hard to beat all the same in the last. I think if you do like it, our weight, you'll probably get a better price on race day. Um, a lot of the times we see these these shorties, they, they shorten up uh, early during the week and then sometimes just get back out of touch on race day. And I think that'll be the case with her. She'll probably start around $1.80, $1.90, depending on scratchings. But So you're not taking her on? You think no, she'll win? I'm taking her on. No, look, it's hard to. I mean, I know the big easy... Uh, beat her last time out and meets her a couple of kilos better for doing so. But um, at the same time, she had she had a horrid run that day and she's put the writing on the wall with a dominant performance last time. Uh, Bjorn Baker's come out and said he, he thinks she's a better horse on a, on a better track and there's a few showers around. But um, hopefully we're, we're staying in that you know soft range at, at worst there for tomorrow. Imagine having the confidence to walk up to someone and say, I'll have 40,000 on... Right? Oh, no. Yeah. You'd be shaking. I'd be shaking. What? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> 40 gorillas. Yeah. It's, it's, a decent, it's a decent bet, no doubt about that. Now, in the uh, Rosebud tomorrow, Dave, I'll tell you what, punters aren't, aren't exactly uh, spraying into one horse at the moment. Kibu were no real money for it at the top of the market, $3.10. Uh, best backed is Spacewalk and Zuccarino, both uh, 5 and $6 respectively. What are you leaning here? Yeah, I'm going to go with seven act guys. The the uh, Melbourne form, obviously fourth in a blue diamond last preparation. The, the colt for Team Hawks, they generally get their horses ready to rumble fresh. I've liked his trials, and I found it a tricky race with a lot of these resuming. But I'll go with him. He's drawn a nice gate there, and I just think he might have last say in at around that four dollars sixty mark off that good form last campaign. Dave, I'm going to ask you about a horse here called Show Court. I mean, the trial was no good. But I thought there was a rap on this horse early. There definitely was, Loz, yeah. They've, they've always had a bit of a rap on him. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Like you said, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more in the in the trial, but it's this time of the year where these types of horses, uh, for the big stables, they, they come back and, and they can really be a force in, in their next season. So I think it maybe all happened a bit too soon last uh, preparation and had a few excuses here and there. So could definitely be one of the big improvers there at Rose Hill first up tomorrow. What's your best? Um, I've gone with a roughie there tomorrow, guys. So race nine, uh, number 11, New Republic at $26. Now, Oof. this horse was first up, finished 11th of 13 there at, uh, at Rose Hill over the 1100. And got blocked for a run the last 200 metres. Is actually finishing off the race really well. And 1100 metres is always going to be way too short. Jumped straight to the 1400, which uh, this horse was successful at last preparation on a couple of occasions there at Mudgee at Newcastle. And Beat a horse called Harvey's Way last prep, who fits in quite nicely as a, as a good sort of benchmark level for a race like this. So um, I think the race is up for grabs. Colino's the horse to beat the favourite, but he's no good thing. And it's a, it's a bit of a thin race when you go through it. So it gets in with no weight, going to be back, but I, I think he'll be really strong late. And um, at $26 and $6 the place, I think he's the best roughie of the day there tomorrow, race nine, number 11. There you go.
Davo's best roughie, race nine, number 11, New Republic, $26 the win and $6 the place, if you don't mind. That, that's statue territory if this gets up. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in now because mm. I know that Davo's got a lot of supporters out there and we mightn't get this price again. So I'm going to have a little nibble mm. block. Yeah. Mm. What's a little nibble? Well, 10 bucks. 10 bucks each, each way. way. Each way. Yeah. Uh, Davo, just a, a comment on Loz's multi. Titanium power, top two in race six and lovely esteemed to run top two in race seven. Can we give strength to them? Yeah, both on top for me, Loz. So, oh. uh, I think Titanium Power goes to the front and meets a lot of horses here that, that are classy gallopers, but resuming over a distance short of their best, where he, he's the one that drops the stack in weight, just leads for fun and, and should be very hard to run down. And I think Lovely Esteem now, fourth up, looks ready to peak, and I've got her on top as well. So, boys, just as I go, I want to leave you with a little story. I was down my local last Friday, went down there to have a little the punt there after work and, and just uh, have a little bet on the on the greyhounds and the races on a, on a Friday evening. And I got pulled up by a big sports brekkie listener, Tyrone, and he said, uh, Gerard, Gerard, is it Gerard Middleton? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to tell him this because I know from my punter's intelligence days he cannot stand somebody. Nah, it's, it's, it's Gerald, it's not, mate. It's Gerald, tell him. Anyway. <laughs> Gerald, Gerald. <laughs> he did follow mate. up with, oh, he's one of the best young Sports broadcasters in the nation. He just absolutely wrapped you like oh, no tomorrow, very, Gerard. So very just kind. didn't know his name at all. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> good on you, Dad. Well done, Gerald. <laughs> no, nah, Dave, a very kind mate, and you have a good weekend, and we'll be cheering New Republic on. Thanks, guys. Cheers.